Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello, Jocelyn. It feels like we just spoke. Uh, We've been playing a lot of games together lately. I just realized that. We have. I mean, uh, I was going to say surprisingly, but then I'm like, well, we're friends. We do a show together. (laughs) You would think it would happen more often, but it's true. Like, it's so hard to try to actually get together and play multiplayer titles and a lot of the multiplayer titles are uh, that i play are things that you don't play so like i've been playing a lot of um battlegrounds over in hearthstone not your jam i've been playing uh warcraft obviously which again is not where you spend your time so the fact that we've actually like lined up time to play multiple multiplayer games together in a week is kind of crazy and we had so much fun (laughs) yes oh this is going to be a multiplayer focused episode as we discuss the many adventures we had (laughs) yeah uh, yeah so uh, it i'm excited because uh, honestly it's been a really fun week and and after our extra life stream and then after the time we had with luigi's mansion co-op uh i'm i'm excited that I think the whole the whole show is is based on its shared experiences, which is really nice. Absolutely. But before we get into our shared multiplayer awesomeness that was the extra live stream and everything else, why don't you give us a little bit of an update on what happened after I failed to talk you out of spending money last week? <laughs> I mean, uh, okay, so here's the thing. I posted the episode kind of late. I was kind of thinking I would post the episode in time for people to weigh in but I think a majority of folks, uh, the closest someone got is someone messaged me on Discord. And uh, I think it might have been my co-host on Summoner's Call. He's like, is it too, like, did you buy it already or something? And I was literally leaving EB Games with <laughs> the PS4. And I'm like, it's too late. You'll never stop me. And I drove off really fast as if that was going to, like, do anything. But it, <laughs> felt, <your> mind. <laughs> it felt dramatic at the time. And I, I enjoyed speeding away. Um, I did pick up the PS4 Pro based on our conversation and also based on the fact that Ashley was like, oh, I'll just do it. It's okay. Um, <laughs> so no one was Gotta saying love no. an indifferent wife. <laughs> well, I think I think the Xbox One X deal kind of, you know, it helped sort of, uh, I guess, make it seem like a good idea. And And the thing is, here's the thing I hate. Um, I, I love, and I have a love hate relationship with EB games. And the thing I hate is, is just the, the weirdness of going in and, you know, either you're looking or you're trying to find something specific and you just want it and you want to leave and you don't want to have like that. Oh, do you want to pre-order this? Or do you want to put a damage sticker on it for three bucks? I'm like, no, just sell me the game. Um, but I went in and the, the idea was, okay, I'm going to buy the PS4 pro bring the ps4 in i spent all day sort of backing it up wiping it it took literally all day and then i took it in and i thought okay well i'll trade some games in so i had four games and the deal is if you trade games towards something on the flyer you get an extra 50 percent trading credit which usually makes games like uh detroit become human and man of medan two of the games i traded in because i was their story and i'm done with -hmm. those two uh, it turned their value from like under 10 bucks to like $15, which is pretty good considering these are these are games I've completed and they're they're quite old or discounted already. Yeah, so, it's nice to get something back for sure. Yeah. And I figured I'm not going to trade in a game that's worth like three bucks. That feels like a waste. I might as well 
keep it at that point. Um, but there's a certain limit for me where I feel uneasy trading in a game when I'm going to get under $10 for it. That's mm-hmm. sort of my bar uh, because I'll never be able to buy that game for 10 bucks. But 15 yeah, I could probably pick it up on a sale digitally for 15 if I really wanted to add it back to my collection. Which is where you're super rewarded because you buy physical copies of things, whereas I download everything mm. so I can never trade anything in, which is probably a bad way to do things <laughs> considering how much you were able to get off the pro. So what did you end up actually paying for the PS4 Pro? So I, so the way it worked was I went in with four games and a PS4 and I walked out with a PS4 Pro and Luigi's Mansion 3. So a full price switch game, which was not on sale and only paid $137. Uh, that's which taxes is in. like, yeah, I was going to say, so um, that's basically the full price of Luigi's Mansion in Canada was like, is it 70 or 80? It's a $90 game. Taxes oh, in. 90. There you go. Yeah. I mean, I totally pay yeah. attention you to remember. how much I spend on games. Yeah, <laughs> you <laughs> I don't it. just push the buy button and close my eyes until I get the confirmed sound. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, I mean, you basically got, um, like for 50 bucks, you got the, the PlayStation, right? Yeah. And, and again, to, to be able to upgrade to, I mean, when we were talking about this, it was like, Oh, well, if you spend a hundred dollars now, you'll have uh, the PS4 pro for a year and then you'll have something of, uh, of value a, to of trade value. in. Yeah. And the fact that you're bumping up a PS4 launch you know, system to a brand new PS4 Pro, getting those four or five years, six years back even um, on on the console's lifespan because those things don't last forever. Uh, they're not built like they, they used to be. Um, so that, that kind of helps as well. It's not as important, but it, That's it's That's true too, actually. That was, a, that was a point that I never really thought of is that, you know, like you're getting to the point now where your PlayStation 4 may or may not actually last as long as you want it to. Like if you decide not to go PS5 right out the gate, like you would need another two or three years out of your PS4, which you may or may not actually get. That was something I never even thought of. So it's uh, I, I have had really good luck with consoles outside of maybe I had a couple red rings of death with the Xbox 360, but I think everybody had that. I think yeah, at some point everybody did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So but I've had pretty good luck, especially with this generation. But yeah, I uh, it was an interesting process, you know, bringing the games in and having them and then talking to the guy like, uh, oh, I did all my research. So EB Games now has and I'm sure GameStop has this as well. They have an inventory online. You used to have to call in and say, how much will you give me for this? How much will you give me for that? Now you can go online, type in the game. It immediately tells you the current value uh, in their system to mm. to a certain extent. So I was like, OK, if I buy a PS4 Pro with a pack in game, um, then I can then trade that pack in game towards to get extra credit. But the way it had to work is I, and it was really weird. Like I thought you could just trade in stuff for the 50% credit towards something in the flyer, AKA the console. But the guy's like, oh no, you have to trade it in towards a game in order to get the 50% credit. So the only way I was going to get the extra credit is if I bought Luigi's Mansion, even though the games I traded in uh, went above the value. of. It's just a stupid trickery to try to get you to buy more stuff. In the yeah. end... I ended you up, were going to do it anyways, so I, it wasn't a big loss, but... Exactly, and that's what I said to the guys. Like, No, I had a backup plan. Like, Luigi's Mansion wasn't even on sale, but it was in the flyer, therefore it counted, uh, which, again, is also weird. 
but I ended up getting the PS4 Pro with the NHL 20 pack-in, and I said to the guy, just give me whichever console with a pack-in that is worth more value-wise, and he's like, okay, you're going to want to Call of Duty, and I'm like, actually, no, I checked online, it's NHL, and he's like, what? NHL is is worth more than Call of Duty, and Call of Duty only came out like a month ago, whereas NHL is, no offense to the folks who like the NHL games, they pump one of those out each year. The second you buy that, it... Well, they dep- pump a Call of Duty out every year, though, too. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, the only thing I would say about that is, like, the Call of Duty games have uh, varying types that come out. Like, you have the Black Black Ops 4, you have Call of Duty Modern Warfare, you have the Advanced Warfare, that sort of thing. I mean, you are right. And maybe, maybe they are on par in the sense of... Because their value was the same. The difference between the two was, I think maybe 10 bucks, but I was still surprised and so were they. And I'm, and I felt really good about that. And they, they were very supportive that honestly, I did this on black Friday in the evening and both workers just looked exhausted and I felt terrible for like putting them through this, <laughs> but they didn't mind. They said, no, They're it's so all Canadian. Good. I know, but I, <laughs> I said, mean, people in the U S are literally stampeding over each other. Like forget retail workers completely. Like they are hurting each other, trying to get deals. And you're walking in going, I am so sorry. I'm making you do your job. You look exhausted. Let I, me, do you want me to come back tomorrow? It'll cost me some money, but I'll come back tomorrow it wouldn't like that's you ryan that's you it wouldn't have cost me money to come back the next day but you're right that was me and like they were uh, the one guy would walk away he had to grab a ladder and i'm like i'm so i'm so sorry you have to like climb that ladder and get the i'm so like you know what guys like and i had called before and they sounded really swamped but when i got there around like seven o'clock after the kids went to bed it was quiet um, but during the process, it was kind of a back and forth until I got to the 137. But at one point, they're like, all right, your total's like 300. I'm like, no. That doesn't sound that, right. <laughs> you're missing a couple of things. And then he calculated again and is like, oh, no, wait, it's 137. It's like, I actually walked out surprised that I didn't spend more because I, I was anticipating that. Um, but that didn't stop me from treating myself a little bit, which Ashley did say, like, you should just. You should just do it. But I bought a I bought a new monitor for my, uh, my PC and it's a Dell 27 inch. But the cool thing about it, and I haven't really experienced this. So again, a lot of folks, some folks listening might be like, oh, this is this is uh, this is old, old, not news. old tech, but old news. Yeah. But I got a G-Sync uh, monitor, which is something that works closely with your NVIDIA graphics card to sort of lock uh, lock your frames and make it so there's no tearing and everything's just silky smooth and it's a 144 hertz monitor um, and it's uh, a 1440p 27 inch and I I won't say how much I paid for it but it was on sale vastly I saved I think about 300 bucks so that was nice um, and I it should I do think me. what you saved on that monitor is more than I've ever spent on a monitor. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing. Like uh, I was so I was talking to our mutual friend, uh, Belanger, and uh, he they actually everybody. I think even Matt has one of these. It's uh, like a G-Sync monitor or, or one of these newer monitors that have a higher refresh rate, a higher resolution, that sort of thing. And I had not never experienced it. I'm not a big PC gamer. I'm a put the card in, make it go. I play the game. I move on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this new monitor, I've always heard great things about it. So I started playing and we're not going to talk about uh, control tonight, but I was kind of testing it out with control. We played all of CFDs on Saturday on this new monitor and, uh, 
gotta say like once i got the g-sync working and i set my refresh rate correctly it's just silky smooth everything runs superb and it is it is vastly different now i have yet to experience like 144 frames per second 144 like taking full advantage of the game but i'm gonna have to probably find something i was thinking of trying heroes of the storm right to try to find a game that's old enough that's gonna run at that high capacity on my hardware um and and something that will will have an advantage uh maybe heroes of the storm won't have like a great advantage of having like a like a high frame rate high refresh rate but uh, i guess twitch shooters really benefit from that so i might boot up overwatch and see how that runs but so far, it's been working quite well. I and, always yeah. find it funny. I mean, and I, this isn't anything against you, Ryan, but mm. I always find it funny when people talk about, you know, like monitor refresh rates and all this kind of stuff about giving them advantages in these type of games. And I'm like, you know, that monitor refresh rate, not going to change my crappy hands. No. <laughs> like, and, and Not going to change my skill level at all. That is the level of min-maxing where I just go, yeah, that's not actually going to impact me. Once I can push the buttons in the right order, then maybe we can talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, and you're right. I think I'm the same way. I don't anticipate. I didn't buy the monitor, so I would, uh, you know, my skills would go up. I, I find, so you don't have aspirations of being a pro Overwatch player? No, I just want to, you know, I was playing Control before I got the, before I even decided to buy the monitor. And Control is a, is a very, um, you know, taxing game. And, and a lot of, obviously, a lot of games that come out are, are going to really test your system. And I think one thing I, I really, you know, struggle with with games is like finding the appropriate settings to min-max sort of, eliminating tearing and making sure your frame rate is as high as you need it to and g-sync kind of takes care of the thing i hate the most is like it looks good but if i turn too quickly my monitor it just there's just a bunch of screen tearing which is the effect you get when well it looks like your your screen is tearing and uh, right there's a bunch of technical gobbledygook that people can look up if they really want to i would just butcher it i just said gobbledygook so i i i just been having a good time with it and my biggest thing for black friday is usually i'll go out and buy a bunch of games and then they just sit there or i get around to them months later and in this instance buying a ps4 pro through the trade-in deal and the new monitor i know i'm going to use it i'm literally using the monitor right now so <laughs> checkbox did it yeah as opposed to a game that would just sit well luigi's mansion i i opened it so. actually yeah let's let's start talking about luigi's mansion mm -hmm. because uh that is something you got on black friday and something I really wanted you to play because it's so freaking fun. Yeah. And we had a chance tonight to play multiplayer. But before we talk about multiplayer, I want to hear about just your experience so far in Luigi's Mansion. Are you enjoying it as much as I had been? I am just adoring it. Honestly, it just it brings back these memories. And I and I think I shared those memories when we talked about Luigi's Mansion 2 when it came out on 3DS. But, you know, Luigi's Mansion, it's a special game for me because it was the first GameCube game I played, which was the first console that uh, myself and my, my brothers bought with our own money. It wasn't gifted. Actually, no, maybe it was gifted. Either way, it was the first console that we really, you know, bonded over um, uh, outside of like, you know, the SNES and stuff. But I Luigi's Mansion 3 is all of the animations for Luigi are just fantastic. Mm -hmm. They find new and wonderful ways to portray him as a scaredy cat, yet 
still brave but enough also to the move hero on. Yeah. yeah yeah it's uh it's really superb and they've done a, a fantastic job at sort of portraying him um i love that they brought the ghost back from luigi's mansion too that's sort of like his pet and no one questions that he has a ghost dog as a pet yeah, I didn't know. So I played the original, but I never played two. I think I talked about this. So the the idea of him having a ghost dog, I had no idea that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's um. I think in the second one, he sort of befriends the ghost dog. I'm trying to remember, you know, um, it was years ago that I played it. But the fact that they've made a Luigi's Mansion 3, let alone a second one, it's, it's really, really neat that Nintendo has decided to go back to this franchise that honestly just hasn't gotten enough love to be honest. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I like the premise, you know, the fact that they move it out of another haunted mansion and it's a, a haunted hotel and there's a bunch of floors. Don't you love in the, like right at the very beginning. So you arrive at the hotel <laughs> and then there's like a, a bellhop guy and, and somebody behind the front desk, I get the concierge, I guess. And they're all, you know, welcoming them to the hotel and they're obviously ghosts, Clearly. but they're wearing people masks. <laughs> no one notices like mario and luigi and, and peach are just kind of walking in like oh this is so nice oh yes thank you oh show us to our room that'd be wonderful like those are ghosts <laughs> yeah they don't have legs oh it's so good yeah, <laughs> yeah My, how do you not notice that they're floating <laughs> yeah exactly like the this uh i was actually playing you know with the kids uh sort of watching oh, okay that was going to be my next question is, is is this too scary for uh for caden or is he into this they uh both caden and abigail were playing with me they love the ghost dog honestly uh <laughs> even loading screen abby's just like that's a doggy i'm like yes it is it is a doggy <laughs> but he's dead <laughs> no I, I, I didn't want to burst their bubble but he is dead <laughs> Uh, oh god he's, not, he's like can we get a corporeal ghost dog no you cannot you cannot because <laughs> they don't exist and he's dead no <laughs> that'd be bad parenting um but <laughs> you should, oh my god i just all oh, something horrible i was gonna say you'll have a ghost dog in a few years when zoe dies oh dear <laughs> <laughs> zoe if you hear this uh you know, that would be bad oh god but yeah uh <laughs> Sorry. To that. <laughs> I love my dog. Um, I know. I know. That was a terrible joke. I'm so okay, sorry. Okay. Um, no, but anyways, I they really enjoyed it. It 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 gets got some moments. I think like we talked about this uh maybe in or if not, it was Crofton and I talking about Luigi's Mansion. There's some early stuff before you get the 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 vacuum where you can actually combat the ghosts. Uh, where you're just walking around with a flashlight, I think that's where they mm -hmm. had they struggled the most. But once you got the vacuum, which was honestly quicker than than I thought, because it it didn't really make it, it at the time. It didn't make sense. It's like, oh, there's just a random vacuum here that was lucky. But then you find out that EGAD is there, and and it all makes sense. Um, and it just all comes back to you. I think the slam is brand new. It wasn't in one or two, um, and that mechanic is so much fun. But yeah, yeah, that's what I struggled with is I wasn't quite sure, you know, what was new and what was old. I mean, I remembered playing in one and like stunning the ghosts with the flashlight and then sucking them up. But that's about all I could remember. So, I mean, like Gooigi's new. Mm -hmm. um, I think the slam thing is new and that's super satisfying and really, really fun. And like you said, I like the idea that it's in a hotel because I feel like I don't remember how many floors there were in the mansion, but I feel like 
like the hotel has 15 floors plus two like like basement one and basement two so there's like 17 floors of stuff to do in that hotel and it was i mean i think there was only one floor that i was kind of like oh this is shorter than i would have wanted it to be i don't really know why they like it felt much 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 smaller than all the other ones and i was like why did they do this but hmm. yeah it's a uh... The the game feels bite size when you when you find a, a level, but not in the way that uh, that feels small, but more just in comfortable. You know, uh, as I was yeah. playing through it, and I'm only like I'm up to the medieval level, and and I think we talked on the, we you pointed out in a past episode that it starts off very like generic, and that this is like a premium hotel with uh, with shops and cafes and stuff like that. And then it gets into the weird and wacky where it's the medieval room. And that's kind of the first one you come across. And I think I really appreciate the fact that they didn't go, this is just another, you know, room layer and then another room layer and then another dining layer, you know, like the house, the house was always it was a haunted house. This setup of the hotel allowed them to kind of play around with the themes so yeah, yeah it's, it's like great. each each floor is inhabited by a different ghost that gets a different theme and it almost reminded me of like vegas or something right it's like mm. you go into this hotel that has like an egypt floor and a and a pirate floor and a and a music floor and all these different things that very much feels like all the hotels in vegas smooshed into one <laughs> Yeah, it very that's a really good point. It very much feels like a like a Vegas sort of premium uh destination type thing. And uh I I like uh I yeah, I'm just loving every moment of it. It's so satisfying to move your way through that 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 world. The puzzles are really cool. There's one early on floor, I think it's the shops level where you kind of have to move you're in the same room but you're moving between two levels in the room trying to mm -hmm. and you're kind of moving through uh like the heart room the club uh, the the diamonds yeah there's room. like one for each and this is another reason why vegas pops into mind there's like one for each suit of cards yeah and that was so cool and again that's so early on that you get a real good feel for for this and and each time you defeat a boss you get a new elevator button and that's really satisfying to like just work your way back to the elevator and, and have that button sort of lock into place and it locks a new level and you just keep progressing um which actually yeah. i found too like speaking of of just the way you play the game and stuff um it does kind of allow you real natural break points in the story and times where you can just kind of like if you play out a hotel floor get the next button like beat the boss get the button then you can kind of like choose at that point, okay, do I want to go get another, do I want to go do another floor or do I want to, you know, save and quit now? And there, it's like real natural breakpoints in the story and in the progression that I found like, because each floor took me and like looking for all the gems and everything else took me about an hour. So it was kind of like I could play this game in like one hour chunks and I could just be like, okay, I'm going to do this floor take an hour or you know i have three hours to play great i'm gonna get through three floors and i had a really good idea of like how far i was gonna progress what i was gonna see and you know and it had like i say those natural breakpoints where you could just kind of walk away so it wasn't like a lot of the other games that we've been playing recently where it's just like it's just constantly going 
it's hmm. like there there were these kind of breakpoints where you felt you you could uh, walk away without uh, kind of ruining the flow of the game. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And and the fact that it saves at, at, once you open every door that felt oh really yeah, satisfying. it saves all the time. Yeah, so if yeah. you do have to walk away for any reason, then it's you don't even have to worry about it. You could just be like, okay, I'm leaving now. Bye. Yeah, you can yeah. also manually save, so it gives you like. The option of, you know, taking your save file. This is something I don't think I, I've actually talked about yet. So they've got an interesting progression save system. So you can manually save. You can uh, use your auto save, which like Ryan mentioned, saves like literally every time like you discover a secret, open a door, defeat a ghost. Like it's saving constantly. Or they have what's really interesting, which is called a story save. So you can basically um, pick up where um, like it saves, I think, maybe one or two elevator buttons back on average. And it basically is like, this is where big, huge story moments happen. So you can pick up like right after, you know, you've unlocked a new power in the vacuum or, you know, you've had a confrontation with the main bad guy or something like all the big story moments in Luigi. And there's sometimes I would be even three or four elevator buttons past where that save point was. But like at any point I could go back and play from there if I wanted to, <coughs> excuse me, if I wanted to, which was mm -hmm. kind of a cool twist that they were like, we flagged these moments in the game as important. And if you ever want to go back to them, here's a save file for that. That's really cool. Yeah. I haven't experienced that. Yet. I haven't actually seen the save load system, but, um, there's and, and let's put this out there maybe someone who's played the game can tell us there's achievements that'll pop up in the bottom left corner where do you see those <laughs> is it i got just so many it's for luigi and pokemon i've got so many and i looked i actually spent a good five minutes after we stopped playing multiplayer tonight looking for where the achievements are i checked like my profile i tried like clicking on the game in all the different places and every time i tried to click on it it's like do you want to launch the software i was like no i want to see my achievements i couldn't find it anywhere i'm actually wondering if it's like on the nintendo website or something like if you have to go and like seek out your profile outside of the switch because it's nowhere in the switch interface yeah i also couldn't find it anywhere in the luigi's mansion interface though i didn't go back down to like the lab area which is like the in-game, in-game menu. <laughs> but I don't remember seeing, like they had, um, there's like a, a gallery, but that shows you like your collectibles. It doesn't have a screen for achievements because I've, I've spent a lot of time in there trying to figure out which gems I still needed to collect. So I'm fairly familiar with that part of the interface. I haven't been back down there since I beat the game, but I don't think that beating the game would have then given me access to my achievements that I've been earning the whole time, right? So yeah. I dug around. They've got to be somewhere, though. They do. I would imagine. Oh, man, I don't know. I, I, I dug around in the lab. I don't think it's there. Uh, maybe I, I don't. I don't recall seeing it in like the pause where the map will pop up, you know, when you put the VR goggles on. But yeah, I, I mean, if anyone knows, because I've even had it, it's not like it just pops up for, you know, defeating a boss or completing a level. It pops up for things that you, that you, that are very achievement-y. So I, there was a billiard table. I vacuumed all the balls. So they went into um, all of the Yeah, I did and, that too. <laughs> and I got an achievement for playing billiards. But where I think there's one of those for each floor, like where there's huh. kind of an iconic room if you do a thing, because um, 
Okay, I'm going to tell you this. I, I did tweet it out, but I'm going to tell you this too because it took so much of my time. There is an Egypt level right? and there is a very, 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 very large room that is full of sand. You can vacuum up the sand, but vacuuming up all the sand is not an achievement. I remember you tweeted that and I'm like, Noted. okay, I was like, I need to. Yeah, I'm, I need to. This is like a PSA. Like, do not waste. It took me like probably 25 or 30 minutes. I was like, just in case I have to try, I have to get every little bit of sand and then nothing popped up. And I'm like, Ugh. that is unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. So I am saving you that because I know your game time is precious. So I'm sorry if that's too much of a spoiler, but but maybe don't I want to vacuum the sand. Sucked in. <laughs> it honestly, it's very much, it was very like zen, very calming. Like, have you ever seen those zen gardens with the little rakes that you can mm. just like, ra- yeah, it kind of felt like that. Like it was, it was, yeah. yeah, it was, it was very, very, very calming. But maybe that's part of the DLC is like just it's the Luigi's Mansion Zen Garden. <laughs> Luigi's Zen Garden. <laughs> vacuum up sand. Vacuum up those little packing peanuts. Vacuum up uh, <laughs> more colored sand. I don't know. I was trying to think of other <laughs> vacuum small all the things. They could have just called that this game that vacuum all the things. <laughs> cobwebs. I, I found that very satisfying. Like just mm. su- sucking up cobwebs. Yeah, because they kind of you can't you don't just like suck them up really fast like everything else the cobwebs kind of stick in the corner for a second you really gotta get in there yeah Yeah. (laughs) but yeah we played some multiplayer so i wanted to try this out because uh i remember they added multiplayer in luigi's mansion 2 never got a chance to really explore it because not a lot of people were playing it on 3ds but they have they brought the multiplayer onto the switch as well and the mode we were able to access uh friends online was scare tower is that what it was called scream tower uh scare scarescapes scarescape yeah i think scream tower is the there's a mini game uh mode so there's two on there's two multiplayer modes one is local only we played the online one well there's actually uh more multiplayer modes than that i think you probably just haven't progressed far enough to unlock it but there's like a pvp mode too oh okay so there's like you can kind of um go into i think it's called um scare park and there's these like yeah there's like these um amusement park type rides sort of idea and you go in and i think you're put onto teams Mm. so we can play whichever team probably later we could i just don't know if you can queue in with friends and i don't know if like you go in with friends if you're guaranteed to be on the same team because wasn't that what we found with splatoon is that sometimes we would just end up on opposite teams and we were like, oh, we wanted to play together. Yeah, it would auto balance <laughs> us. And that was it would, really frustrating. Yeah. I think they might yeah. have tweaked that after launch, but obviously we uh, we had moved on by then. Um, but uh, but yeah, so um, there's that's the one mode that's like PVP and it's like whichever team does the most blah by the end. So like there was uh, one of them is like you float in inner tubes and you have to gather coins. But if you hit a, a bomb, your inner tube will pop and then you'll lose your coins and then other teams can pick them up. Um, I can't remember what the other ones were. Some of them were like you had to suck up bombs and then throw them at each other. <laughs> so there was that. And then, uh, yeah, but that so that's the scare park mode. The one we played was scare tower, which is more like a, a challenge mode kind of thing. And and we had a lot of fun. Um, we played it just the two of us. And at first we thought it wasn't balanced for two people. But we got there eventually. It was more like a learning curve for us. Especially Ryan. Because 
you hadn't seen all the ghosts or all the mechanics yet. No, I was still experiencing um, sort of new things. I think I've... So a lot of the things we came across that were new, sort of anything post-level six. So a lot of like uh, the smaller red ghosts, the purple ghosts, um, those were... The, the biggest new ones were the purple ghosts. I think in terms of like brand new experiences, those were the ones I hadn't come across yet that, that were... Um, that I was not familiar with, you know, they were kind of the sneaky sneak up behind you ghosts. Uh, but the multiplayer was really interesting. I mean, getting it, getting it out of the way, you know, right off the bat, um, we, you can either queue in with anyone. So randos or queue in, uh, with friends. And when we queued in as friends, it wouldn't fill the remainder of the team. So it was just Jocelyn and I, however, I even... think it kept those slots open so that if we had more friends online, yeah. they'd be able to jump in and join you. But yeah, the, those slots were like reserved for friends only. Cause when I went in, you had already created a lobby essentially. So then what I, when I went into scare tower or whatever, um, then it gave me the option to, since I, since I chose friends only, cause it makes you choose whether you want to go like online solo or co-op when, and that choice is actually like how many people are playing from your system. So I originally tried to choose co-op and it tried to get me to activate two controllers. And I was like, well, no, I, my co-op person's online. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, okay, no, I'm going into online play solo. And then it asks if you want to play like with friends or with the internet. So I chose friends and then I was able to find Ryan's lobby. It was a really round around uh, roundabout way. Mm -hmm. So I could then either choose to create my own room or join Ryan's. So I'm sure that it just kept those two other slots open in case any of your other friends logged in and wanted to play. Yeah. But yeah, you can't do nice. a mix. No. Yeah, you can't do a mix, it seems, of, of friends and random people, which I'm kind of okay with because once we got the hang of it, it did seem a little bit more balanced. And yeah, I mean, I don't know if it was tuning to two players or however many are in the room, but it felt early on like we kind of had to get the hang of it, like you said. And then as we were progressing, we were the, the timer was actually making it more fun because we were trying to find ghosts. It, so you have to you know capture uh the set amount of ghosts in the floor to in order to progress onward and there's a timer but then there are uh little stopwatches you can find to increase the time increase the amount of time you have um you find those timers either in just interactable objects or chests or whatever uh, there's also mechanics of like you can use the uh the revealer flashlight to make invisible objects appear sort of like nightstands and other pieces of furniture or, or even chests um, that would then spit out timers or money or whatever. And then there were power-ups. So one of the power-ups was like some cool glasses that showed you all the invisible objects, including ghosts. I don't know if you got the, the x-ray glasses when we were playing, but it showed those purple ghosts or any other ghosts when they disappeared after you, uh, you had uh, <laughs> finished trying to suck them into your vacuum. Um, so that was really cool as well. Yeah, I didn't actually, uh, I think the one time I got the glasses, I got them pretty late in the floor, so I didn't actually get to use them, uh, to any great advantage, which is unfortunate because there are a couple of ghosts that are really annoying to fight. But, um, what I wanted to know actually is like when we played through that mode, it was a mix of a whole bunch of different mechanics from all parts of the game, all the way up to the end boss, actually. Mm -hmm. Uh, which we which we realized once we reached the top of the tower is that the last floor of the tower is a boss encounter, except it 
borrows a lot from the final boss in the game. So now that you've had a chance to to play some multiplayer, but you haven't played all the way through the the story campaign, like, are you disappointed? Are like, are you mad? I told you it was a spoiler. Like, I mean, I mean some not- of them are obviously spoilers because you're coming across mechanics that you didn't know before. But like some of it is like maybe I shouldn't have said that it was no. very much like the final boss of the of the game. I don't. Did I ruin it? <laughs> no, honestly, uh, as you progress, I don't know if it's a spoiler to confirm this, but like when you're in early in the game, you, it's very clear who the final boss is, and the final boss is the same. Either way, it's very. It was very clear to me that that was going to be the final boss. The mechanics. It doesn't matter. Like it was fun. And that was the core, the core thing. And we were having a blast with that final boss, you know, just avoiding some of the attacks and, and figuring out a way to, way to take him out as quickly as possible. And they're very generous with the timer on that final boss, like 10 minutes. Yes. It gave us 10 minutes to do it. And we had like four minutes left over, I think. And we really messed up, um, twice, I think. So it was very generous. Yeah. (laughs) And I think for me in terms of like mechanics, uh, there was a couple things i think early on there was a, a piece of furniture that had come alive and we were trying to we were trying to figure out how to take it out and i wouldn't say it was a spoiler it was more i was experiencing what i would experience in the game however in the game it probably would have been like egad coming up over the intercom like hey did you know if you push x you'll reveal the weakness of this monster and you'll be able to take him out this is actually a better experience for me because you and I, you having uh, played it weeks ago and we're trying to kind of have it all remember what to do. Yeah. Yeah. And then me, <laughs> I couldn't even remember it. what, yeah, I couldn't even remember what buttons to push to make things happen. I was like, okay, I remember I had all these tools, but I don't remember what button was what. And of course I've also been playing see if these that we'll talk about in a minute. Mm-hmm. So I've been playing on the Xbox controller. So I'm back in, where is the X button? Hell. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I think that was just a, a a better experience in terms of having a Nintendo character explain it through text as opposed to just figuring it out organically as we have this thing just, you know, railing on us um, as we try to move forward in the floor. But it, uh, the most fun I had was experiencing and trying to figure out how to beat it because I kept saying, like, man, maybe it's not tuned for two players and we're literally just bashing our heads against the wall. But we did finish it we got the five floors and we did a it was a lot of fun fighting that timer and you know we were working together and then as the timer got shorter and shorter more timers sort of appear as you interact with objects i found so i'd be like oh i found a power up to show me where all the ghosts are so jocelyn make sure you go to the to the room to the right take out those ghosts i'm gonna search yeah that was interesting too Mm -hmm. it was like you would get power ups to like open up the map and stuff or show you where the ghosts were. And I didn't have that information. It didn't pop up in my UI. So then Mm. you were like, oh yeah, you just have to go over to that room. There's a ghost in it. And I was like, what room? And there's a what, where? (laughs) Yeah. So it was really fun. It was a good like exercise in cooperation. (laughs) Exactly. And for those wondering, we were using Discord and it worked worked phenomenally. (laughs) Uh, I just put my AirPod in, in my one ear and it worked. Honestly, it was funny because I had my, it was on my phone and the Nintendo voice chat app was like, Hey, you know, uh, you can, you can chat with us. Right. And I'm like, no, I'm using, <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it was a lot of fun. Um, I know that there is DLC. There's a DLC plan for Luigi's Mansion three. They've confirmed it's for the multiplayer mode. Um, there was a pretty good quote 
flying around about is there going to be dlc for the single player stuff and they're like what do you want us to add more levels to the hotel the story is finite like it's a beginning middle end there's so many floors in the hotel so they were kind of joking that how could they you know they don't want to do it they they've created a game it's complete but what they want to do is they add they want to add more multiplayer so probably more mini games and hopefully more online modes as well because um I had a, a lot of fun and honestly I could I could see this being fun even queuing up with three random people because that's a whole different game there's yeah I don't there's no communication I would imagine um outside of just the what appears on the mini map of where everybody is but we were experiencing like we were getting eaten by carpets and getting swallowed by cupboards and and that locked you out you had to wait until your ally came over and, and rescued you. Yeah. So. so if I if I wasn't able to actually talk to you, that would be interesting. I mean, like, how long is it going to take Ryan to notice that my icon is not moved on the mini map? Because I know I was never looking at the mini map until I was looking for a new room to go to, and then I just look up at the at the mini map, figure out where I needed to go, and then I'd go. I I wouldn't have noticed that Ryan was you know like stuck on a wall or something. Yeah. Yeah. But I. Yeah. It worked out quite well. You did and- say though eventually uh because i think you got swallowed by a rug and and i was fighting ghosts so i couldn't actually come and get you um but you said eventually it spat you out yeah it did eventually uh spit me out because it must have just timed out and maybe there is a finite amount so it, it, it definitely it benefits you as a team to go save your your other ally luigi um but Again, you were fighting ghosts, so maybe it's just one of those things where it doesn't make sense to disengage an encounter that is literally required to finish the floor uh, mm-hmm. to save one person when when you can just kind of keep keep trucking along. But um, it's uh, it is interesting. There's uh, options for five floors and ten floors, uh, and then random. I don't know what that means. Maybe it's yeah. Does five that or give 10. you yeah five or ten, or does it give you seven or twelve? Like <laughs> I don't know. I would have you know guessing this being a Nintendo game. I'm guessing it's just five or ten. <laughs> I, bet, <laughs> I bet you any money that's what it is. But I I don't know for a fact. But that's where my money's at. Mm. Makes sense to me. Uh, so we, I mentioned, uh, having some issues with the controller and trying to remember exactly where my X button was. And that's cause we played a lot of sea of thieves on the weekend. So we did another extra live stream. We actually hit the team goal and I hit my personal goal, which is awesome. I am still going to do another stream uh, on Saturday, but, um, or sorry, Saturday, December 14th. It's not December 14th yet. Oh no, man. Please no. I just like raced two weeks ahead of time. Um, but yeah, so we are, uh, yeah, we've hit the team goal. I hit my personal goal, but we're still going. We're still fundraising. And part of that night, we ended up playing Sea of Thieves. And the reason we chose to play Sea of Thieves is because they just had an update. So they allow, they basically brought uh, fire into the game. Mm-hmm. So you can now firebomb uh, each other. You can firebomb ships, uh, and just all kinds of skeletons, all kinds of stuff. So uh, we decided to go into Sea of Thieves and, and light things on fire. And it was so fun. <laughs> we, you and I had fun. Uh... Yeah, yeah, we definitely did. Yeah. Um, it's uh, questionable as to whether or not uh, Matt actually had fun. I, th- I think he I had think fun. He but yeah, he was he was definitely trying hard and we were not. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I, I think my experience in Sea of Thieves... It's always been fun when someone's 
quote unquote driving the ship. Like I will, I will participate. I will do the masks. I will do the angles. I will listen to sort of you know suggestions on what I should be doing at a given moment. But I, I, I think that's where I've I've found the fun in that I'm not. I know I'm not the one. You want to be the first mate, not the captain. <laughs> yeah, like I know I'm not the one like checking the map and like oh what island is this? I mean I'll certainly do that if if I have to. But I think uh, I think between you and Matt, you you kind of had it sorted, and it's not. It wasn't like I was running around grieving. I mean, the first thing I did do when I found a firebomb was throw it at another player just to see what would happen. <laughs> they did light on fire, and so did I. But uh, it's quite forgiving, to be honest, considering you're being lit on fire. But yeah, it, it was a lot. It was a lot of fun, and I'm constantly surprised a by these monthly updates, and b how long it took to go through that new sort of, what is it, a tale, they call it? That's not even new. Oh, is it? Um, I thought that was what they added, and that's what we did. No, that's actually that's actually older content. So they're oh. like the tall tales or whatever, and it's like, uh, I can't remember when they added that. It might have been like nine months or more ago, but it's basically like they added in like quests, essentially. Um, so they're they're more story oriented and uh, things to do. So yeah, no, we, that Matt and I had done uh, the very very introductory quest to that uh, quite a while ago, uh, just the two of us playing. And then so um, we were just like, well, do we want to do something a little bit more story ish? And and that was available because we were in a different part of the map. Because that's the thing, you can pick up one tall tale at each outpost. Um, but if, but if you go back to the same outpost again, then it'll give you the same tale. So there's no point, like you can technically do them multiple times, but hmm. yeah, so you're, you're constantly going to different outposts to pick up different tales and it's more, uh, kind of story telling than, uh, otherwise, but no, I'm actually, um, I'm not sure what they added in terms, I guess they, they added the, um, ashen chests and the ashen keys, which we did do right off the top. So you can go and buy missions from the dude in the pub and you can go, you have to find uh, both the key and the chest in order to uh, unlock it and get what's inside. So um, that was at least what new was added. I don't know if there's like uh, a new, oh, I guess there is a new tall tale. I'm just looking at the website now. Oh. So yeah, um, I guess there there is more tall tale um stuff to do but we didn't do the newest one we did one of the older ones so um this one starts oh in shipwreck bay specifically so okay. you have to find you have to find the right book and then you can start uh, start the tall tale but yeah we we were doing some of the older stuff okay yeah because it had voice acting for like skeletons and stuff so that was older yeah and really okay. yeah there was there was voice acting that was what was so cool is like once we we found we were in the right place then you know like we had to we had to read this journal to try to figure out which island we had to go to in the first place and kind of take hints from the pictures drawn in it as well as like some of the language and then once you actually found the place you're right like there was these little like scenes with full voice acting and everything else like talking about this captain and the mutiny and all this other stuff like it was really really cool yeah no oh man it was so much fun and I think it, it was always it's always surprising and I think I tweeted this the first time we played and I tweeted it again after we had finished. It's just so surprising that Sea of Thieves has really become this game 
that that comes to mind when I think, oh, we have Extra Life, let's play Sea of Thieves. And when you mentioned you had, you were fitting in another Extra Life stream on uh, Saturday, December 14th, I'm like, perfect, I get to play more Sea of Thieves. Because, I, <laughs> you know, because well, I... Well, Josh I, and I are actually going to play and stream some Sea of Thieves tomorrow night if you're interested. <laughs> nice. Well, I might be around. Yeah, for sure. I'll definitely jump in for a couple hours. I mean, it's a, it's a school night, but... Uh, We'll figure it out. Because that was the other thing. We stayed up so late. It was like, what, midnight or probably closer to 12. Well, yeah. So so my stream was supposed to finish at midnight, but I think we ended up finishing about 1 a.m. because, um, yeah, we we had some stuff to wrap up and, and didn't want to kind of just leave everything hanging. So we wanted to finish our quests and turn all our stuff in. And, you know, we had a couple of PVP things going on and. Yeah, so which I know that's that's kind of the point that Matt usually checks out of Sea of Thieves is he's like, no, I just want to go in, I want to collect all my stuff, I want to do all my quests, I want to turn stuff in, I don't want to PvP. <laughs> Although he was uh, he was doing some PvP. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> that's was... that's him though. That's like if he has to do it, he's gonna do it to the fullest. So of course he, he did some. So he so we were at a we were being chased by a couple boats, and then he ended up on the island. And I was on the island too, and he literally like jumped onto the boat, raised their anchor, raised their sails, and like sent the and boat. And just let adrift. their ship go. Yeah. And I'm just like, <laughs> that is such a badass move. That is totally <laughs> Sea of Thieves PvP, you know, Ferris Bueller's day off type shit, you know? And, and, <laughs> and he uh, also uh, took an explosive barrel and snuck onto another ship went down into the bottom of the ship and exploded the barrel, killing himself in the process, but also sinking their ship. Yeah, why not? I mean, that, yeah. that sounds like the, the move. So, you know? yeah, when he PVPs, he PVPs to the fullest, for sure. It's Matt. Uh, it's yeah. Ping Pong Pete. And uh, we can't not mention basically what's in the notes here, but uh, Char. Uh, <laughs> Char. Oh, my God. So, uh, yeah, with the fire event, there was new transmog and everything else. And one of the transmog items was a new beer stein. And it's this, like, charred, volcanic, dragon, glowy, like, broken up lava looking mug. Yeah. And so, and plus we were lighting everything on fire. Of course. So when I walked up to Ryan and instead of saying cheers, I said charge and it caught on and it got ridiculous. It did. Uh, but I, it, it was still good. It was a lot of fun, uh, it, but it did get ridiculous. And I think at certain points, Matt was just struggling. He was uh, so done with us. Yeah, we were we were running around. And just when he thought it was safe to come out of the water, jars, it would just pop up again. <laughs> and I would, I, I would kind of calculate, like, oh, it's been long enough. Let's uh, let's sneak up here. And, and uh, so, uh, you know, another moment, like, I think Matt was at, at his sort of low point where he's like, I can't deal with this anymore. And he faked, sleeped on the ground. And I'm like, Oh, I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that clip is so good from my perspective, because I can literally see you and him in one shot. Yeah. And I just vomit all over him. Just ate a couple leeches. Right in his face. <laughs> like right in his face. And, uh, you know, I didn't get put in the brig. I think I I think I had Matt's boat. Oh, I appreciated game. it. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciated it. But man, again, I'm not. I'm not a huge like make your make your own fun style game, but this this game has sort of caught on for me and I don't own it. I have it on Game Pass, but still like it's something that I could see myself, you know, buying uh, just to own it when my Game Pass expires or eventually expires. But 
Yeah, it is. It is totally worth checking out. It, it is more fun with friends. I have not. I've yet to play it solo seriously. I've. I think I might have booted it, booted it up just to kind of make sure it runs. But multiplayer is where I've had the most fun with this one, and I. I I'm interested to see what their December update is going to be, which will launch probably shortly before Christmas, which is perfect timing. If it's a Christmas event, then we can play it, uh, you know, at our holiday stream or even on the 14th, if it's out by then, but it's a, it's fantastic the way they're supporting it. And I, and I hope they, they keep, they keep running with it for sure. Yeah. I think they've gotten to a place now in Sea of Thieves where they've found a really good balance between providing some guided content for those who want it or giving people a more serious PVP experience, if that's what you're looking for, because they added the arena a while back. Or they, you know, you can just have the um, like the more guided story stuff. So like you can make your own fun, play story stuff or get super serious into PVP. Plus, there's always that kind of underlying PVP potential in all like all the time which I think is also really fun because I'm the kind of person I don't mind PVP so much like most of the time when I'm just having fun with my friends I I want to avoid it in Sea of Thieves I have lots of other games where I play PVP content so I'm totally happy to just you know go about my way and be silly and throw up on things and and cheers beer mugs at each other like that's more than enough for me in this game. It's the kind of fun I'm looking for. But it's kind of cool that that threat is always looming on the horizon sort of thing, right? Oh, that you can't, yeah. you know, like that. It just, it makes the whole game a little bit more exciting. So I think they found a really nice balance now where if you are looking for PvP, there's the arena to do that. If you don't want to worry about the other stuff, they've made everything more rewarding. And it feels like we're just finding more stuff now so it's like you know we can kind of goof off for a little bit but then we get to an island and then there's gems all over the place and there's other quests all over the place and we're just always finding more and more things to do mm. and i i just think it's a really well fleshed out game now and i think i said this at this point last year too because i know i mentioned it in the game of the year episode saying you know it's my most improved title and i feel like it's, I'm probably not going to bring it up this year because I brought it up last year in terms of our Game of the Year episode that we're going to be doing in a couple of weeks, but it is still the most improved game even over last year. It just, um, if you haven't checked it out, like Ryan said, it is still on Game Pass mm -hmm. and uh, I really think it's worth it. I, it is better with friends. I have played a significant amount of time solo and it's not as fun. Um, I mean, it's fine to, to go around and try to farm rep and stuff, but um, it's it's way, way, way more fun with friends. So I, I very, very much recommend jumping in there with even just one other person. Mm -hmm. It's uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I'm I'm really glad we've been able to experience it. And I'm, um, if we in terms of a game of the year, if we had a best ongoing or most improved, like a specific type of category set up, I would certainly mention see if these it, it comes to mind. Um Honestly, this year, it, yeah, it would be a really, really, I would have a hard time narrowing it down between Sea of Thieves, Hearthstone and uh, Dead by Daylight because Dead by Daylight with their roadmap for the for year four of their release has been really, really good. They've made a lot of great changes. Hearthstone has had the best year since its release in terms of like the things that they're trying and how quickly they're responding to the community. Plus the release of Battlegrounds like Hearthstone is knocking it out of the park this year. The new expansion that launches next week looks amazing. Um, and then, yeah, Sea of Thieves, like I said, it just it's 
it was most improved last year and it's improved even further. And like Ryan said, they've been doing these crazy monthly updates. So there's just there's so much content in there now that, uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it would be really, really hard. I would be hard pressed to choose between the three of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which means we're in a really good place gaming wise. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Uh, if you guys like the content that we produce and you would like to support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in. Or you can support our fabulous Extra Life campaign for the rest of the month of December. You can go to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2019 to donate to a wonderful cause, the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. We mentioned a couple times we're going to be doing a couple more streams before the end of the year. I have a makeup stream of sorts because I was too sick to stream a few weeks ago. So uh, Saturday, December 14th, I'm going to be doing another 12 hour stream because I owe ya. And then we're going to be doing a stream together, Ryan and I, on the 20th. That is actually a Friday. We're going to be doing, uh, I think, starting around 8 p.m. Eastern. We're going to be trying to play whatever games have Christmas content in them. So uh, if you guys know of any holiday uh, themed events going on in games that you like or you want to make any suggestions, hit us up in the Discord, which is bit.ly slash TGI Discord. Or as always, you can email the show at info at gamersinpodcast.com. That brings us to our topic of the week this week. We are talking a little bit about Battleborn because it's being shut down in January 2020. And this is a really, really interesting story because it's one of the first times that we have seen something that was a full price, like full retail priced game, not something that's free to play or anything like that, uh, that is actually being shut down. And there is no way to play the game because it was always even the the single player part of it was always uh, online only. So once they shut down the servers, that's it. So uh, Ryan, I mean, what do you think about this? Because uh, like I said, it's the first time we've seen this where, you know, it, it would be essentially the same as if like, when Overwatch 2 launched, you could no longer play Overwatch. Hmm. Yeah, and this this story has been getting a lot of traffic in our in our Discord. I think it was brought up originally. Uh, it was brought up originally when it um, was posted and announced uh, last week or the week before. But Jimmy brought it back up again, uh, or maybe for the first time. Uh, it's hard to remember, but. Um, <laughs> he they've been we've been talking a lot about it in in the discord and i think for me it's this is uh this is what happens um when you develop a game specifically that is tied into the online infrastructure and in online infrastructure is expensive and in order for 2k to and i'm gonna i guess i'm gonna play the other side of this um in that if 2k has this game and not a lot of people are playing it it's like they have no incentive to keep the servers running it's not a good sort of reasoning because you originally made the choice to have like an online only game here as a publisher slash developer um and you have to deal with the consequences i mean they are giving a very good sort of you're gonna have it for another year and this game's been free to play for quite a while uh so if anything the people who purchased it were upset long ago (laughs) uh, yeah with the move from yeah yeah i guess that's that's kind of true but i mean you're right and that was going to be one of the points that i brought up is that uh battleborn is shutting down in january 2021 not 2020 so this is you know a year and a couple of months notice as opposed to you know just just a month or two but um even with that kind of notice it's really unfortunate and i wonder if they have some sort of like resurgence in players if they would ever consider 
you know, keeping keeping it alive. Like maybe they're giving that much leeway so that, you know, maybe halfway through next year, they can be like, oh, my God, our numbers tripled. We're going to keep the game up. Yay. Um, I don't know if that's if that's what they're planning to do, if there's any hope for for Battleborn. But I do think it's almost like a cautionary tale now for consumers, because when you, I mean, we just had the conversation with, about Black Friday and Ryan trading in his games and me saying, you know, like every single one of my games now and has been for years, they're all digital. Like I, I have nothing to trade in. Uh, I don't have any any physical media. I'm like I'm looking at my at my computer to even <laughs> try to remember if there's a disk drive on the front of it that if I bought physical media, if I could even use. But you, you know, don't even get physical media when you buy a PC game. I've I've purchased a couple of PC games on Amazon and it's just it's literally the plastic case and inside is a piece of cardboard saying, here's your game code. They don't even <laughs> ship CDs anymore, man. Like there you uh, go. There you go. So like where we as consumers aren't necessarily outside of consoles being given the option of having physical media anymore. I mean, it's always been, I guess the risk, but it's been more of a like, Oh, careful what you're doing. Cause this is going to happen eventually. And you know, we didn't really have any, um, examples of it happening prior to this where it was like okay yeah here's the game that i paid full price for and now i'm just i can't play it anymore there's been you know some free-to-play titles there but or like uh even subscription titles we've seen servers being taken offline for but mm-hmm. those always you know like didn't have enough script subscriptions or you know like you were paying month to month and and you kind of knew that or you know you weren't paying anything at all potentially and then you're looking at you know the people being upset are the people who like the whales who have sunk a whole bunch of money into a a free-to-play title but they're obviously not paying enough to support the whole community and at that point it's like well whose fault is that really if you're spending a whole bunch of money on cosmetic items and then the game is no longer available to you i feel like those are kind of different scenarios than paying uh, like full retail price for a game that also has single player content. Mm-hmm. And then that game, even the single player content, just no longer being available to you to play at all, period. Like you're never able to go back and and try that content again. And it's it's interesting because the other kind of context that we've seen something like this happen, or at least that popped into my mind when uh, Jim was talking about how you know, you paid a price for this game and then there's no way for you to play it anymore because it's all server-based, really brought the whole WoW Classic conversation back into my head because that was a lot of people who were playing on private servers. That was their argument is like, look, I paid full price for a game back in, you know, 2004 and that game no longer exists. I can play World of Warcraft, but that's not World of Warcraft Classic. And it's this like, or vanilla or whatever you want to call it. That was the argument is that like I want to play that iteration of the game and because it's all server based and because you keep updating it, that original story, like even in Cataclysm, they changed the entire world. So a lot of the zones weren't even the same. So they were saying, you know, like we want classic because that's what we want. We want those mechanics. We want those zones like we can't play WoW classic. We can't play that game anymore. And it's kind of a similar argument. I mean, this game just is no longer going to exist for players. Like that sucks. Well, and here's the the worst part. Um, I did. I I said. I def- I guess I defended this, this a little bit in saying that oh, it went free to play a long time ago. Uh, 
This is actually the weird part. So they were actually have already removed Battleborn from the digital storefronts. You cannot download it. Yeah, you can't get it anymore. You yeah. can't get it at all. So if you didn't own it before, you're not even going to get the the sunsetting chance to play this for the next year. Um, they had virtual currency sales. Those are ending February 24th, 2020. That's interesting. That Which they would... is also kind of nice, I think, because then it's like you can't sink money into it if for some reason you didn't hear the news and you booted up Battleborn because you'd already downloaded it at some point in the past. Mm -hmm. Like if, um, yeah, if they, you know, you didn't see somehow, I mean, I'm sure when you log in, there's probably like a, hey, guess what? The servers are going down in 2021. Um, But anyways, I think it's nice that they've just shut down the options because then it's like no one's going to be able to say like, oh, I spent money in December 2020 and I had no idea that it was ending and, you know, now I've wasted all my money and blah, 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 yeah. blah. So, so if you were to buy yeah. Platinum, which is the currency in the game, uh, in before February 24th, 2020, then you you would have nine months to spend it or however yeah. long. I guess that kind of kills my theory that they're going to see if they can get more people wanting or like more interest in the game because it's ending. This This seems like if they've shut down downloads... Which I kind of didn't realize then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I knew about the currency thing, but I, I didn't realize that they'd shut down, you know, buying and downloading the game, period. And I guess you don't even have to buy it anymore. So just, you know, downloading the game, period, is shut down. Then, yeah, the, this 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 is dead. <laughs> yeah. And I guess I really, going back, I think as a cautionary tale, if anyone can take anything, if developers can take something from this, it's that, you know, you're selling a game to somebody and that game to a certain extent, a portion of it uh, should exist in some format outside of a couple of um, like a couple of caveats, I guess, like a, a solely multiplayer game. That's a yeah, that's a gamble. Those servers could get shut down and everything could be could could cease to exist. Um, an MMO, a subscription service type game, free to play, that sort of thing. Like you always have to understand that that could go away like fire emblem heroes it could just disappear off the internet well, like wildstar right like wildstar, wildstar is done yeah. now yeah and gone for good like it's not coming yeah. back there are a lot of mmos like that and and even overwatch looking at overwatch um if that did shut down a lot of people would freak out but again like if blizzard has to shut those servers down to to stay alive or if, or if blizzard goes under at some point i mean overwatch isn't going to be around forever uh that game I shouldn't say that Starcraft uh, is still a thing and you can play online. <laughs> so maybe Blizzard's a really bad example, but uh, there there's going to be other things like this, but I really feel that if you're offering a game like Battleborn that has a very has a single player campaign, they should there should be an option there. Like there had to be a well, business. Well, and I wonder, I mean, to... yeah, there there might be and I again, I don't know how much dev time this would take. I don't know, like I'm not a game designer, I'm not a game developer. I don't know these things. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if there's a way to kind of like package that up into a final download and be like, look, if you want the single player campaign, you can download it onto your local machine and you can play it still. Like maybe that's an option, I don't know. I uh... Maybe nobody cares. Maybe their numbers show that no one played the single player campaign and everyone is only in it for the multiplayer. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? I, I think the precedent is what's what's um, maybe upsetting most folks. Um, I mean, the game went free to play in June 2017 and then it had its final content update uh, a couple months later. Uh, so this game has been dormant for at least two years. 
and the fact that they're giving players who may want to stick it through another year uh that's that's a good thing but again it's just this this aspect of a game that can be enjoyed single player can suddenly disappear because the developers made it so you had to you had to check into the servers to to play the what could be played on your own i mean it'd be like uh it'd be like borderlands requiring which is by the same developer gearbox it'd be like borderlands requiring a server check-in to play through the campaign on your own and then them shutting down the server could you imagine if they shut down the servers for borderlands people will have a heyday that's that's a classic game that people go back to all the time i'm yeah. not saying battleborn is a classic game but it it sets a weird precedent and it should be noted that it's not the developer shutting this down. It's the publisher. 2K Games is, is the culprit here. I don't know if Gearbox came out and said, hey, this isn't our decision. Please don't be angry at us. Buy, our, buy Gearbox uh, games, please. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, I yeah, it's a tough one. And there are a lot of games that, that have online modes. So Yeah, um, there's a lot of stuff that can potentially fall into this category, right? So... It, it's a little bit scary from a from a consumer standpoint. And I guess like the way you can kind of look at this is just, you know, did you since the game launched or since you bought it, did you get your money's worth? Mm-hmm. You know, did you have $80 worth of fun in Battleborn? And hopefully you can say yes, not saying that this doesn't suck, but, you know, they've given you a lot of warning to play through the solo campaign if you want to do that. Um, I don't know how replayable it is. I, I haven't I haven't played the single player campaign, but maybe just try to to make the most of it while you while you still can. But yeah, this sucks. This definitely sucks. Like I say, I hope maybe they they offer the single player as a as a downloadable option so that you can play offline before they take the whole game down. Who knows? That'd be nice. I mean, if there's enough backlash, it would definitely, it would definitely buy them a lot of goodwill, right? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I don't know if two K is interested, or even Gearbox for that matter is interested in in goodwill at this point. I mean, they might just be like, hey, if you wanna, if you're really upset, just go buy Borderlands three. Um, I think that's the well, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, they they Borderlands three is is a really big title, right? Like a lot of people want to play that. A lot of people have played it, even though, you know, there was the whole stink about the Epic Store, which makes me think like there was the whole stink about the Epic Store. Maybe they could use some goodwill with the community at this point. (laughs) They could. And Gearbox has had its own fair share of issues outside of just the games they're making. Um, They've made a lot of strange, you know, PR choices and um, giving their CEO Twitter. That seems to be a thing these days is giving people who shouldn't have Twitter, uh, giving them access to Twitter. <laughs> so, uh, it's a, it's a growing trend that is alarming, but, um, yeah, I, I, this news is, it, it sucks. It's, it's very much, hopefully not a precedent setting, you know, aspect, but whenever a game has a, a solely online, this is why people, when they, when they hear of something being solely online, I, I understand why there's the reservations and, yeah. and, and people's reservations on it like I, I i see it uh and this is evidence of why people should be wary so it's just a consumer decision if there's a game like destiny if destiny if bungie shut down and destiny went away those servers would go and you wouldn't be able to play the game anymore and that's something i think people have to it's literally something people are accepting probably every time they boot into the game because of the uh the terms and conditions right yeah yeah um, <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, and there's well, probably, that's, a, that's the unfortunate thing, right? Is that it's all going to kind of come down to community pressure because 
you do acknowledge that you could lose access to this title like right from the time that you buy it. Like all of those big, huge, long pages of text that none of us actually reads, <laughs> all of that is stated in there for every single game. It's like baked into like Steam TOS. <laughs> like if games go down, not our fault, washing hands, like done. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's the kind of thing that we agree to, though we may not agree with, mm -hmm. I guess is the best way to kind of put that. And hopefully or maybe it just comes down to to consumer pressure right and people saying like yeah okay i know i agreed to this i obviously have no legal recourse but from a pr goodwill standpoint it would be really nice if you made the single player available to us offline or you know just remove the uh the need to check in with a server that no longer exists so that you know the content that we can play or that we want to play we still can play um, because there's there's tons and tons of games that, that make you check in with a server, Ryan, you're right. So if that no longer exists, then you don't have a game anymore. Yeah. Which especially like, I mean, things that pop into my head immediately are things like the Sims titles, right? Like SimCity and Sim Sims 4. Like I constantly have to log in to Origin to be able to play those games. Like I have to check in. It's not a game server, but it's still something I've got to authenticate with in order to play my game. And it's like if that company ever went under, if Origin never ceased to exist or whatever, it's like my games wouldn't run because they'd be trying to check in with something that doesn't exist anymore. So would they patch that away? I don't know. I have faith that, you know, well, maybe I don't have faith because it's EA, so never mind. But <laughs> like, you know, like I would hope that any company in that sort of a situation that has one of these like launchers, download managers, you know, authenticated, authentication servers, all that kind of stuff, that if they are facilitating single player games in that way, that they would just, you know, patch it out before the servers go down if they're going under. But if somebody goes bankrupt tomorrow, like who's going to do that? <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. it's a, definitely a cautionary tale and something to keep in mind. Yeah, for sure. Maybe we should be demanding, uh, like as consumers, we should just be demanding offline mode for everything. Like, yeah, it's great that you want me to do things with your server to make sure that I'm not cheating or whatever. But if I'm in a single player game like the Sims building a house and I cheat who am I cheating except for me. So maybe just like <laughs> stop, stop making me check in with a server or let me check a box that says I want to play in offline mode mm -hmm. so that if something happens, you still have access to your games. So it's maybe something that we just as consumers need to demand of our developers, like kind of going forward. Yeah. You have to vote with your wallet. So, I mean, if you disagree with a company's decision, the last thing you want to do is buy their game. Because uh, not in a petty way, but more in a I'm I'm not going to give I'm not going to buy this game. I'm not going to add to the numbers. I'm not going to, you know, put money in their pockets to show that I am not happy with this product as a consumer. Um, but then you see the other side of it where developers like Blizzard, uh, a good example with Diablo 4, where they're saying, yeah, it's online only. And these are the reasons. And those reasons are we're adding new features like open uh open shared world similar to destiny that require that and that's why we're requiring it to be online not because we just want you know everybody to be online so we own you it's because we are offering additional features that can only be done when everyone's connected online and a lot of people could say like well yeah you know you could do that or you could just say those features don't work if you're not online yeah but, it's a uh, which is yeah what i'm kind of suggesting exactly. with like an offline mode opt-in thing where i can just say like no i well i mean 
what's happened to me quite a few times in the last six months or so. I don't know why, but our internet has not been very reliable. So like there's some times where I'm sitting there playing content, even Hearthstone, like there's the single player content in Hearthstone is another example where like I just wish that like when my internet breaks and I have nothing else to do, I would really like to play some of my games that I just can't. Like there's a lot of titles on Steam that I can't play because Steam's like, well, can't connect to the internet. I'm like, oh man, okay, fine. Well, how about I go try Hearthstone? Oh, no, Battle.net won't let me connect. Okay. Whereas like the actual content, like the game that I am playing doesn't require any other people, doesn't require talking to a server. Like it's just trying to authenticate me as a user and make sure I'm not cheating. And again, like I say, with single player content, you're not really cheating anyone but yourself. So, you know, having offline modes in those games is maybe something we should be demanding as consumers a little bit more to protect against like kind of both sides, you know, like consumer side internet going down or, you know, corporate side total and complete screw ups that end in them bringing down servers. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, it, you know. Yeah. And I get, and I, you're right. That's where an on, offline mode would work because I keep thinking like, well, in a shared world, if you wanted to play offline, that character has to stay offline because if you brought it back into the shared world, right. you'd suddenly have like 99 level 99 weapons and armor and all you had to do is do a little command and get a bunch of gold and go buy it i, I mean uh, yeah developers yeah have to when make i say decision. offline i mean like yeah like keeping things like having a separate place where you play offline basically yeah yeah, yeah. and i mean that's developer work and it really depends on whether the company uh wants to implement that for their for their fans i don't think blizzard's interested in that whatsoever but i know nintendo has always been um especially with the switch because they have to deal with the fact that if you're at home you're on wi-fi if you're out and about the chances of you hot spotting your phone or, or being at a you know a cafe for internet they have always been really good at saying nintendo games will be uh, you know it'll have online features but if you want to play it in the car ride home you have no problem. You can play Luigi's Mansion and not have to check into the servers. Um, you won't see if your friends are online, but like that's not really important because we don't do anything with the friends list. So, uh, yeah, I I think there are companies out there that are willing to do offline modes for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's pretty much going to do it for us uh, tonight. Ryan, did you did you have any final thoughts? Or are you good? I am good. Battleborn. Goodbye. Pour one out. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to continue the conversation with us, you can do so. Again, our Discord is bit.ly slash TGI Discord or our email is info at gamersandpodcast.com. You can also visit us on the web at gamersandpodcast.com or you can follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays. Ryan is Dar Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. And remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye.